Gerish here, founder of Flying Solo and co-host with editor Lucy Kibbist of the Flying Solo podcast. Now, before I introduce our guest, let me tell you about Flying Solo's premium membership. There's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a full page listing in the directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of the Flying Solo book and much more, all for just $99. Now, I'm somewhat delighted to be speaking with Kate Toon. Hello, Kate. Hello, how are you? Look, I'm very well, thank you. Now, it's been a while since we've spoken and uh, I'm sure most people listening would be well aware of you and the extraordinary work that you do with your community of writers, with your SEO work. I mean, gosh, you do a lot of work, right? And you do it from your lovely little, what do you call what You have a name for your shed in your my, garden. My little, my little toon cave, which is a little hut in my back garden. How yep. lovely is that? Now, look, <laughs> the are very eagle-eyed and uh, on-the-ball editor, Lucy, she noticed a post that you wrote recently on Instagram that uh, caused a bit of a flurry, uh, largely sort of around the topic of boundaries. And I'm, uh, I'll just, I'm just going to read it out. Is that okay? Yes, gosh. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> All right, but look, I've changed it. I've taken out uh, a couple of your of your potty mouth words, <gasps> and and I've changed. I'm not reading the line about your pants and your undies. Okay, just feels weird. Oh, wow, you've just created a lot of in- intrigue now. But yes, go for it. <laughs> So this is what you wrote. Dear world, friends and family, I work at home, but I work nine to five, sometimes eight to three, sometimes eight to eight, sometimes three to three. But daytimes are working times, not chatting times, not hangout times. They are serious money-making hours where I earn the cash to pay for shit. Stop thinking I can chat at nine or coffee at one I can't I work and harder than I ever did in a real job I take my job seriously could you please too gosh so what now now that you've uh, you probably haven't heard that read back to you no um, and probably not 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 as uh, slowly as I read it so just listening to that again do you does, does it remind you of when you posted it and how are you feeling when you posted it well, it sounds a lot angrier when you did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I must admit, I posted it on LinkedIn as well. And a lot of people were like, well, I wouldn't want to meet you for lunch. You sound like a right miserable cow. Right. Um, but I think it was it was a response to the fact that, you know, I've got a couple of particular friends who just, yeah, they call it like 9.30 because they've got a day off. Right. And they're a little bit offended that I either don't answer the phone because I'm in the midst of something or that I don't call back immediately to have a chat. And it's... You know, I, I have precious few hours a week to get work done. I'm a, I'm a mom. I've got pick up and drop off and all the other things that we have to do. So when I do work, it's, I'm serious about it. Mm. And although when maybe I started my freelance business, I thought it would be all long lunches and walks on the beach. In reality, it's it's not. You know, it's a bum on seat, head next to the computer, working away and trying to squeeze as much as possible into the finite amount of time that I have. Yeah, and, and have, I mean, over the years that you've done this, and you've worked for a number of years now in the way that you operate, do you find that this is, uh, you know, do people, as you grow your own audience, your number of people around you, friends and, you know, members of your community, do you find that uh, it's, a, it's a problem that's worsening? Is there, is there a, an added pressure on you to establish some kind of boundary around your work? 
Well, I think, you know, in the beginning, I didn't have any boundaries. So if you don't have any boundaries and you're not clear on them and you don't communicate them, you can't expect anybody else to respect them because they're non-existent. And obviously, when I started out, I didn't have many clients. So I was spending time in cafes kind of, you know, looking like mm. a wistful writer. But now, you know, it's it's a my job is a full-time job, but in part-time hours. So I think most of my friends and especially my family have definitely got it. Um, it's hard for obviously your kids to kind of get it and not burst into your office at inappropriate times, but we wouldn't want it any other way. No, sure. Uh, but no, I think I think most people respect it. You know, that post again is is I often write posts for other people. You know, so I have a lot of people in my communities are like, why does my partner not understand that I can't put a load of washing on in the middle of the day because mm. I'm at work and. I wouldn't expect him to come home from work and put washing on. So, yeah, I think it's for me, I've got to a point where I think most people get it. But I think a lot of people struggle with this. Yeah. When you say most people get it, like you mentioned friends and family. And I think, you know, my own experience, they're often the worst. You know, they're the, <laughs> they're the people that they're just so used to having, you know, 24-7 access. So when you say they've now got it, I mean, you presumably helped them get it. Did you sit them down and go, hey you know, that's not okay, or this is what I do. Do you, do you recall, did you ever have to kind of establish new rules for individuals or a group of people? I think for my husband, it's easier because he works from home as well. So he gets it. And we try and be respectful of each other's time. When you're working, you're working. Um, with my son, who's now coming up to nine, obviously it's been a gradual process because you don't want to be horrid. But generally, I sort of say when, when mum's office door is closed, she's working. Um, and he's we've got a little thing where he, he can see me from the window of the lounge. And if he waves and I wave back and do him a thumbs up, that means he can come out. But if I shake my head, I'm recording a podcast or something. And he right. can't. Um, my mum and dad are a bit respectful as well because they had their own small businesses it's more friends um, mm. uh, because they've got a day off and they think how fun we can chat we can go for lunch and even people other freelancers who maybe don't have the level of or the kind of business that I have are like oh let's catch up for a coffee or on, on Friday and midday and I'm like by the time I've met you for coffee got there had the coffee come home that's two hours out of my day and 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 I wish I had the kind of business that could afford that but right now, I don't have that kind of bit, that kind of business. One day I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, I, I, I'm sure I've told you this story before, and I'm sure a number of our listeners will have heard me drone on about it. But when we moved into the house where I have my home office in 2002, I think it was, and our son was in, was very young; he's two years old. Um, I actually had the door on my office. I had my office soundproofed, and I put the handles really high up the door. <laughs> which it sounds mean doesn't it but it was it was a, a, a you know for a young child sometimes the signals have to be very obvious and you know he could not get to the door handle unless he stood on something so that kind of worked that showed him okay when dad's in that room that's the room that I can't get into that's where I must leave him alone and I've since had I've now developed a complex sort of little system of signs I've got a little on-air sign that I hang on my doorknob um, because occasionally either my son, who's now 19, um, or my wife will, will just sort of think, oh, I just need to get something out of the room you know, next to my office. So that little sign kind of works for me. But it's, I find the, the trickier piece is often with people that are uh, either likely to turn, turn up on your front door or suddenly ring your phone. But clearly you've, you know, you've established things now. But do you find, like particularly with, say, 
you know, a number of the newbie people that you have in your community, maybe new writers, do they struggle with this? Do you see this as 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 being an issue for for a lot of people in in their sort of early stages? I do. I think there's twofold. It's uh, firstly an issue with with partners, especially if your partner has a full time job, um, that they don't respect freelancing and they think or, or working at home or working solo. They don't respect it. They think you're having a jolly and that you're sitting around watching Netflix and eating biscuits. And so, you know, they might give you, you know, might suggest that you do chores or, hey, I've got a parcel being delivered. Can you make sure that you're ready to sign for that? And it's like, you know, I've got things to do today. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really hard. And for me, you know, I didn't have that problem so much. But what I notice is that when you start earning a bit of money is when your partner starts to take you seriously. Because they're like, you know, when you're not contributing a lot, it's easy to go, well, you're just playing at having a job. It's just a hobby. So I find that is a bit of an issue. Yeah, I think look, there's a couple of points that you mentioned earlier as well. I think, you know, as you said, I can't remember your exact words, but you know, people only respect boundaries when they know the boundaries are there. So that's one of the key things. And I think that, um, you know, the point you made just there as well is that once people can see that you're taking things seriously, that your business is indeed a business, that's when everybody else goes up a notch. So I think part of the issue, particularly for a startup, is to kind of behave as you wish things to be. Don't wait to be a busy, successful money-making business before you establish boundaries because it's often... I don't know whether you agree with this, Kate, but it's often, I think, in the very early stages of business when you most need to concentrate yourself and focus on, you know, business development, marketing, growing, growing contacts, the kind of things that can fall foul of distraction really easy, like going and putting the washing on or taking the dog for a walk. You know, so what do you think about that, about absolutely behaving as if you are that business from the get go? Is that possible? I think it is. And I think it comes down to super simple things. Um, You know, there's the cliche that freelancers and soloists are at home in their pajamas. Um, I think dressing, that sounds cheesy as, but dressing for success. So putting on proper clothes and going as if you were, you know, I don't think you need to suit up, but, you know, wearing clothes (laughs) is one thing, brushing your hair, brushing your teeth, having it for me, it was really important to have a designated space where I worked. That was my space. Um, At first, that I didn't have an office, um, but I had an area where like I could leave my laptop and my folders and my whatever, and it wasn't going to be touched. I think it's very hard if your kitchen table working and your business gets packed up at the end of the night, like it do- doesn't feel so serious. Um, and I remember very early on, I got a screen from eBay, one of those folding screens, just to put around my little area, mm-hmm. just a, some kind of boundary. Um, when I built my little toon cave in the back garden, that was a real sign for me and everyone else that yes my business was real sustainable I had my own office and and that was a big point so I think it comes down to mindset you know like like as you said acting like you're have a successful business and can lead to having a more successful business you know I think just sitting around in your pants on the sofa eating crisps (laughs) you know it's hard for you to take yourself seriously and hard for anybody else in your life to take you seriously Uh, I mean I hardly ever do that now I don't know why you bring bring that up again (laughs) he's he's doing that right now yeah and I'm pleased that you're still wearing your big padded shoulders so that's you know which you clearly are um but no I think that's so true it's it's the signals that you send yourself are often the most important signals aren't they and it's like if you take your business seriously then people will and I love that 
the way that you use the screen to say, hey, this is my workspace, you know, until you had your your dedicated office. Um, and you're right. I think if you're kind of leaving things lying around within the home, then it sort of says, no, this isn't that serious. It's just kind of over there. It's like where you'd put um, a little craft hobby that you're doing yes. at weekends or something. Or your so, jigsaw that yeah. you don't want to roll up at the end of the night. <laughs> and I think the other really important thing as well in terms of acting in a certain way is I have business hours. So I, you know, from 9.30 till 2.30 most days, because that's all I have with school pickup. Those are my business hours. And I even, I think a lot in the early days, you're like, well, I don't have enough clients. I don't have anything to do today. No one's booked me. But I would still go and sit in my space at 9.30 and do something for my business. There's always something you can be doing. If you don't have active clients, you can be marketing, researching, learning. So those are my strict hours. And in those hours, but me no buts. I will do nothing else. I will not put washing on. I will not. I will not do anything else because I've got. I can do that in the evening. Mm. Uh, it's just procrastinating. I call. You know, <laughs> you don't want to do that job that you know you have to do. So you go and you know mess around in the house for half an hour and look in the fridge and yeah. close the fridge door again and put the kettle on, and then you've lost forty five minutes. Yeah, and, so true, mm, so true. And I love that as a writer, you're now making up words. So that's oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that is that that's such a good point. And it's um you know that the particularly the piece you said there about this is your work day, so work in that time even if it's as you say if it's researching, if it's training, if it's sitting down reading a book that's helping you understand how to manage your finances or do your marketing or something. I mean to to absolutely treat your business as a serious business uh, from early on and to stick with it. Again, it's it's the signals that it sends to those around us, particularly our nearest and dearest, that I am taking this seriously. So do you feel, though, I mean, again, I'm thinking of people listening who may be in, you know, in startup or in planning, thinking about getting a little business going, uh, thinking, oh, this doesn't sound like what I wanted. I wanted something where people drop in and people cruise by. You know, is there, do you find people kind of struggle in the reverse way where it's like well no I want I want a business where people can kind of drop in and be casual and go and have coffees with people or do you think that's you know should we be sympathetic to those people or should we just say hey you need to kind of get a bit more serious no I think boundaries are personally set so you can change your boundaries and communicate them however you want um, I think I think if you have you know that casual a business, you might find that you don't get much done. But you know, I do know business owners who, and I try to do this too. I don't book many things in on Mondays and Fridays, so that if I'm really not feeling it, because I'm very much of the attitude that some days you just can't turn up, you're just exhausted or whatever, and you should you know respond to that. So maybe on a Friday I can go, yeah, Friday's my day where I can be a bit more cash, have a coffee. So it's like flexibility within boundaries, which sounds strange but having a routine and having set hours gives you the freedom to give up some of those hours yeah. for other things if that yeah. makes sense. No, it does to, I love that flexibility within boundaries. I mean for for a long time and in fact actually thinking about it really it's it continues is Fridays for me Friday afternoons have always been a block in, in my diary that I call do whatever the hell I want. Yes. And if I want to work, I can work. If I want to lie down upstairs with a packet of crisps, uh, <laughs> I can do that. If I want to go for a walk, I can do that. But it's the freedom, but it's within a boundary. And I can see that block and I go, okay, well, this Friday, that block, I'm going to use that to just push that project out, you know, get it finished. Or it might be as, as it is coincidentally today, 
I'm going to go for a walk, but at the end of it, I'm going to meet somebody and I'm going to interview them. You know, so it's kind of having those, as you say, blocks, you know, boundaries, but with kind of freedom built in. That's a lovely way to look at it, I think. So when you, when you, going back to your original post then, so you posted that on Instagram um, and it caused a bit of a stir. And what were people saying? Did you get many people disagreeing with you apart from the, presumably a bloke on LinkedIn saying you sound like a cranky person. Did you get much response? Well, I, on Instagram, not so much because everyone's very loving on Instagram and, and same with Facebook. LinkedIn, I think, is a lot more a space where people just go to have arguments and be offended. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, you know, a lot of people were like, well, you're missing the whole point of being freelancer. Um, you know, you're working yourself too hard. It doesn't sound much fun, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think it's a really important secondary point to this that maybe wasn't made in that post, but I've made in other ones, that we start with setting boundaries with our nearest and dearest. And if we don't do that, we're going to really struggle to set boundaries with clients mm. and who, you know, we're trying to ask our family to respect our work time. We need our clients to respect our family time. So saying to clients, I don't work after six. I don't work on weekends. I will not be taking your call at 7 a.m. in the morning. Um, I'm not going to answer your email until I'm back in together tomorrow. If you if you can't tell your nearest and dearest your hours, your boundaries, you're going to really struggle to tell complete strangers. So that was a kind of secondary point that came out of the post. Mm, that's such And such a great point. And it, again, it's the thing I'm thinking of these poor people that are in the early stages is you, you know, we've, we have these kind of myths of business that are perhaps our parents have passed down to it. You know, the client's always right and you've got to be accessible. You've got to be there. You've got to respond. But it's a real trap, isn't it? Particularly in those early stages, you answer your phone at sort of eight o'clock at night once and there it is. There's the signal that you've sent that client that they can get you. They can get you at odd times. You know, you respond to something over a weekend. There it is again. There's a signal. Oh, okay, this person's going to get back to me kind of whenever. You know, got to be so careful with those. But again, in the early stage, you think, well, no, you know, this this might be the only client you've got. That's you, it. You kind of want to over deliver, but it's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky. It's confidence related because in the early days, you you know, you're in that feast and famine mode. Every client is needed. Maybe you don't have huge financial resources. You know, you don't have a buffer, so you will take it. You know, you will take the Peter clients, the pain in the ass clients who are difficult. And the thing is, as well, though. I think most of us have been clients. I've been on the other side and I don't mean to be obnoxious. I don't mean to call at the wrong time. Maybe I didn't even realize what time it was. I got up early. So for me, it's eight o'clock. Doesn't feel too early, but to someone else it would do. Um, So most people, as soon as you set those boundaries, most people will respect them. And the ones that don't, you probably don't want to work with Mm. either. I remember a client very early on in my days where I sent, he sent me an email and I I shot a quick one back saying, look, I'm I'm not in the office until tomorrow, but I'll get back to you then with full answer and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, don't worry, I don't want to work with you. You obviously don't have the hunger for your business. So, and I was just like, really? seriously dude um mm. but I probably wasn't back then I was probably like damn it you know I've missed out on this client who mm. probably would have turned out to be horrendous oh undoubtedly <laughs> undoubtedly horrendous but we're, but yeah we're you know in the early days we're not confident maybe about our business premise maybe about our skills about our finances um and we're worried that we're not enough so mm. there's always this idea that we have to over deliver be there 
And even sometimes when we set little boundaries, we break them ourselves. We go in and check that email and, and answer on a weekend. And we're like, no, why did I do that? Because the client is going to take whatever you give them. They're going to push it as far as they can. They're going to squeeze as much juice out as possible. Not because they're evil, but because it's human nature to try yeah. and get the most out of whatever we paid for. So Yeah, I, look, I agree with all that. I think the thing is that um, is so often, you know, we are, we're professionals, right? We're independent professionals. And I actually feel that there's there's a, um, a, a kind of subconscious thing that goes on here with clients where in a lot of cases our clients are actually looking for us to show mm. them how to behave and how to respond and how to be professional. I honestly do think that. And I think that if we say, look, I can't get back to you today, but I will respond to you tomorrow, I think the right client will go, that's the kind of expert I want. That's the kind of professional I want. Someone who acknowledges my requirement, but positions it in a way that says, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to do it. I actually think that's what people really want from us as independent professionals. I think if you're I, trying, to, you know, if you're, sorry, I know you're trying to say something about, you know, if you're trying to get something on the cheap, if you're trying to get a cheap service, then, you know, they're not looking for that. But in the main, if they're working with you as a professional writer or with you as a as an SEO consultant or, you know, with me as a, as a business consultant or something, what they want is they want our professionalism and that's how we can demonstrate it. What, sorry, what are you itching to say? No, I was, I was itching to say that I agree with you and that, you know, we're not, like as a copywriter, I'm not just selling the words on the page. You know, people are coming to me to be their project manager, to tell them what to do, to give them milestones. Um, and I think that the problem as well is that a lot of people don't have the confidence to do that. They think that, you know, they're kind of the creature of the client and they, the client says jump and they say how high and they don't set expectations. So one thing that I do on my copywriting website or I did when I was copywriting full time was I have a how I work page which laid out this is when I expect to be paid. This is how I'll deliver the content. This is what I expect from you. And I included that in my proposals as well. So I was crystal clear on how this was going to work. And all my clients were grateful for it. They were like, just mm. tell me what to do. Yep, you know, I, I, just please, I'm paying you to tell me what to do and I'll do it. But if you don't tell them what to do and you don't lead the project, then you will be led and you will be the client's creature. Mm. Fantastic. Hey, have you noticed the time? I think the bold and the beautiful is coming on in a minute. We better go. <laughs> Netflix time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pass the Chris. Okay, it's been great talking with you. Thank you so much. So um, reminder, people want to find out about you, katetoon.com. KateToon.com or just Google Kate Toon and you'll find something about me. Okay. Hopefully good. <laughs> hey, it's been great having you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Thanks, Robert. Okay, before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly enjoyable and prosperous business, Flying Solo gets you. Premium membership has all the tips and tools you need for just $99. Head to the join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 